we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core here on American Family Radio Network. So glad to be with you today on the network. Walker Wildman here. This is AFA at the Core. Our website is AFR.net. AFR.net is our website on the World Wide Web. We also have a very user-friendly, free mobile application. The American Family Radio app is on your smartphone, on your tablet device for you to go and download. So you can go there and do that. You can also subscribe to the AFA at the Core podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it be uh, on uh, our application or on Google or uh, Apple devices. You can go and subscribe to the AFA at the Core podcast and listen at your convenience. Of course, we prefer you to listen on our mobile application or on the website, AFR.net. And the great thing about going directly to the website is you can get a little more supplemental information about the show. Uh, So on our podcast page at AFR.net, at the AFA at the Core page, uh, when you click on specific shows, uh, like today's show, for example, when we post it this afternoon, uh, occasionally we'll post a couple of links there that uh, take you to information that we talk about on the show. Uh, so that's that's a feature you're only going to get if you go to our website, AFR.net. If you go through the app or you go through other, other third-party platforms to get to our show, uh, you can't always get that information. So AFR.net is the best place to go for supplemental information about the show, AFA at the core. Our scripture for the week is out of the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 11 and 12, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Do not despise the Lord's discipline. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. Hey, a special resource I want to talk about today. I got in studio with me. By the way, you can live stream the show on Facebook or YouTube. Just type in AFA at the core. You can go to my YouTube channel, or you can go to the AFA at the Core Facebook page. Whichever place you want to watch the video, you can do that on those two platforms. And if you are watching or you're heading to watch, I have, I got to get a pretty heavy scent of it as well. American Family Coffee. We have our own coffee here uh, that we sell for 12 months out of the year. And this uh, seasonal coffee we have is called Harvest. It's an autumn spice, very good coffee. Uh, So American Family Coffee is what is offered through our resource center amongst dozens, if not uh, over 100 or 200 other items, mostly DVDs and books, uh, T-shirts, some fan gear. I've got my AFA ball cap on now in studio. Uh, But this coffee is top-notch, first class. We uh, brew it each morning here at our headquarters. So this is truly American Family Coffee. And this uh, blend here is called Harvest. It's a fall blend or an autumn blend. And it's very, very good. I was actually headed to the coffee machine to grab some, but no coffee on this afternoon in our headquarters. Uh, but nonetheless, we have a harvest uh, for uh, up on our resource center. Resources.afa.net is our website. 
resources.afa.net is where you can order this coffee along with all kind of other product there at our resource center. So go there and check that out. We got all kind of different uh, size bags. So you can order a little sampler um, or you can order a bigger bag. They will even sell, I think, a, a pound or even more, maybe even go up to five pounds. Uh, so if you got a church and you want to order a, a bulk order, we can do that as well. So couple of different options there on the coffee sizes. Hey, our share is coming up just next month, October. We got a busy month in October. We have our AFA retreat over in Alabama. Then we have our share the next week here in Tupelo, Mississippi at our national headquarters. Well, if you're a listener to American Family Radio and you've been impacted by the work here that God is doing at American Family Radio, we'd love to hear your story. And your story just might make it on the air during our a fall share So here's the number to call in. Uh, take about a minute, two minutes tops to uh, leave a listener testimony. We'd love to hear from you uh, to hear what God is doing in your life through American Family Radio. Here's the number to call in, 877-876-8893, 877-876-8893. We'll drop that uh, number on our social platforms that we're live streaming on right now, YouTube and Facebook. Uh, so if you aren't able to write that down, you can catch it here in a few minutes on those platforms. 877-876-8893 is the number to call in and leave a listener testimony. The um, automated voicemail machine there will give you a little bit of instructions when you call in. Jumping right into the news of the week, hey, I came across this story this morning, and boy, am I not surprised, but I kind of am surprised. Here's the headline out of CNBC. Fed Chief Jerome Powell and other officials at the Federal Reserve, it is reported today that they owned securities that the central bank bought during the COVID pandemic. And it goes on to talk about how the uh, Fed is now under an ethics review process because their officials were purchasing, owning securities that the Fed then turned around and bought at a later date. Um, This is surprising, but not surprising. This is how the swamp works. And when people talk about, uh, President Trump actually coined the phrase, the swamp, during his 2015 campaign. Uh, But when you talk about the swamp, this is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about. Washington, D.C., has just gotten out of control. It has just gotten out of control. Now, our founding fathers were very smart. They were very wise, and they put many checks and balances in place. We have a U.S. Constitution. Uh, We have three branches of government, uh, which I saw the other day that only, I think, uh, 50 to 60% of Americans can name the three branches of government. Well, that's probably an indicator of why we are in the mess that we're in. But we have three branches of government. We have checks and balances. We have the judicial system. We have Congress. And then we have the executive branch. Um, But this Washington, D.C. has just gotten so big. And, you know, um, our our country was set up for a religious and moral people. That's what one of our founding fathers said, that the the U.S. Constitution was designed for a religious and moral people. And this founding father— whose name escapes me, maybe Thomas Jefferson. If not, it's another founding father. But this founding father went on to say, Bobby can help me out with that maybe, uh, that trivia here. But 
the founding father went on to say that that that, that this government is will be wholly inadequate for any other group of people. So we need a moral and religious people to operate this government. If not, it will be wholly inadequate for any other group. And the context there, of course, is uh, where you have a majority uh, at that time of Christians in this country. A majority of the uh, population was uh, Christians. So that's the context there. Well, now we have non-religious and immoral people running the government in Washington, D.C. And when you have that, uh, th- there's all kind of loopholes. There all There's all kind of ways that immoral and non-religious people can alter the government and the process for evil. Uh, Bobby, who do we have there? The winner is John Adams. John Adams, okay. Quote, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. He, uh, he wasn't only the founding father to hold this view. Indeed, Jaden Madison wrote that our Constitution requires, quote, sufficient virtue among men for self-government. Otherwise, uh, again, quoting, nothing less than the chains of despotism can rest- restrain them from destroying and devouring one another. Yeah, that's so good there, and such wisdom. I mean, look, 200, well over 200 years later, here we are, and we have non-religious, immoral people running the country, and we get what you pay for. You get what you get. Um, and that explains many of the ills that we face as a society today. Um, so that's why it's so important. That's why we, we talk about the spiritual nature of many of the struggles that we face as a country. Well, this gets down to um, we have uh, we have immoral people running the government, and so we get um, you get what you what you expect here. So that's uh, the backgrounder there. But that's uh, what's going on, and we will update you as that progresses. But uh, Fed Chief Jerome Powell and others were purchasing uh, securities. Um, at before the central bank then went and followed and purchased them as well. So uh, that's uh, textbook insider trading there. And there's loopholes. Uh, Bobby and I were talking about this before the show. There are loopholes. Um, uh, I don't know the specifics of this uh, example here, but there are other loopholes I know for sure with Congress uh, where elected officials can basically do insider trading, but do it through technical legal means. Uh, so that's, but but see, here's the problem though. We really shouldn't, we do need checks and balances, don't get me wrong, and we do need barriers. Uh, We all need accountability. Uh, We need law and order. But ultimately, we need moral people in office that have self-control, that have self-restraint, that have a set moral standard out of Scripture that can guide their actions. That's what we need. We don't need people in office, which we have now, that look for any and every loophole and legal maneuver in which they can game the system to benefit themselves and not the American people. That's what we need because you can always find a role. You can always find a loophole and always find a way to beat the system. You can always do it. I mean, go ask go ask people who do taxes for a living. There's always a way to, to move things around and, and file it under this and do all this. And technically, you might be legal, uh, but it's not uh, honoring the heart of the law. And so, uh, same thing goes with our elected officials. Hey, jumping to 
Um, these big tech giants, I came across this story out of the hill.com, and this has to do with a story out of Russia. But there was a, a, a Russian opposition leader, and by the way, Vladimir Putin and Russia, these guys are pretty brutal. They uh, don't have a representative democracy in place, at least one that can be taken seriously. Uh, so this is basically a top-down government. And uh, there was a, a, a group of people who set up an, a mobile application through Apple and Google for, uh, to support a Russian opposition leader by the name of Alexei Navalny, Navalny N-A-V-L-V-A-L-N-Y. And they had this, this app up in the Apple and Google Play Store for this Russian opposition leader, which this Russian opposition leader is fighting for freedom for the Russian people in Russia. Well, the Associated Press reported that the Google and Apple representatives were invited to Russia just this past week to speak with the top officials of the Russian government. And guess what happened after they met? Well, Google and Apple pulled this application from their app store at the request of the Russian government because Vladimir Putin didn't like this guy. Vladimir Putin didn't like this Russian opposition leader. So what do Apple and Google do? They go over there, cozy up, have dinner with the Russian government, and then yank this guy's app from the app store for no valid app terms of service or Apple and Google terms of service cause. They just willy-nilly go and rip it from the app store. And the reason I bring this up is because these are the same companies here in America. These are the same companies that claim that they're for democracy and they're for freedom and they're for liberty and they're here to protect individual rights. And these are the same groups that go out and run electioneering for the Democrats. And they claim they're for democracy, but then they go over and have dinner with the Russians, the corrupt Russians, and yank their opposition apps off the App Store. The same people, Apple, Google, others, that cozy up to the Chinese Communist Party and yank any content that speaks negatively of the Chinese Communist regime. So next time Apple and Google and Facebook and Twitter claim they're for democracy? Who are we kidding? We're not naive. We know what's going on. These guys aren't for democracy. They're for power. So whoever they can cozy up with for power, that's who they're going to do it with. Russia, China, North Korea, it doesn't matter. We'll see you in a few minutes. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these for I have not tested them. So David put them off. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. As David prepared to face Goliath, Saul tried to outfit David with Saul's personal armor. But David didn't have Saul's armor when he faced the lion or the bear. And David recognized that he didn't need the armor to slay Goliath. Today, many Christians yield to the temptation to be hipper, cooler, even a little fuzzy on the clear teachings of Scripture in order to face the Goliaths of our day. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. We don't need a cool light show to be effective ambassadors for Christ. All we need is to offer what we have freely received. We know the transforming power of Christ because he has transformed us. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Is your daughter a creature of habit? For some, daily rituals provide a sense of predictability and comfort. We all fall into routines, so it's important to analyze how these habits might be helping or hurting us. Consider how you are guiding your daughter to incorporate healthy, faith-filled habits into her everyday life. On average, it takes more than two months before a new behavior becomes a habit. Over the course of about 66 days, our bodies start to recognize the pattern. Then it becomes automatic. Establishing healthy spiritual habits in the lives of our girls is an important step in raising them to be women of integrity. When girls start to form faith-filled habits early in life, like daily prayer or scripture journaling, they are more likely to keep Christ at the center of their lives as they grow. Want to learn more? Read about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. May I tell you about 17-year-old Esther in Africa? Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Esther is only 17. She's part of the famous Maasai tribe in Kenya. It's a country that I visited not too long ago. Girls like Esther, they're subjected to Maasai traditions that are not taught in the Bible, including female circumcision and polygamy, where a man has many wives, and some younger than Esther are forced into arranged marriages against their will. Now, having endured this mistreatment, Esther lived with bitter unforgiveness until a Bible League volunteer introduced her to the hope of the gospel and now she's led dozens of teen girls and young adult women to Jesus and she's praying for Bibles so they can grow in their walk with Him. And that's exactly why Bible League is inviting you to send God's Word to Bibleless believers around the globe at only $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20 Bibles and Friends of Bible League will match every single gift. Call 800-YES-WORD 800-Y-E-S-W-O-R-D 800-YES-WORD or click sendbiblesnow.org sendbiblesnow.org org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Well, if you expect our leaders to live in the same neighborhoods that you and I live in, walk the same streets that you and I walk and go to the same grocery stores that you and I go and fill up their vehicle with with gasoline at the same gas stations and convenience stores that you and I go to. That's just not going to happen. And one example of this is, you know, we flew out uh, America with the help of several of our allies, flew out um, about 100,000, if not more, Afghan citizens. Only about six to 7,000 of those were American citizens. The rest of them were pure Afghan citizens. Flew them out of Afghanistan, pretty much no screening process on the front end, maybe a screening process halfway through or on the back end of this entire debacle. And they're flying these Afghan nationals around America, dropping them off in cities across the country. And uh, guess which city is going to get zero Afghan refugees? And I don't even know if you can call these guys refugees. Maybe some of them technically qualify as a refugee. Some of them just wanted to get out. I mean, we got to be careful Be careful with these terms, all right? Ref- not, not anybody's a refugee, all right? Because <laughs> if everybody's a refugee, then everybody can come. Not everybody's a refugee. You have to qualify by legal definition to be a refugee. These are people 
who just made it to the Kabul airport and just happened to get on a C-17. Uh, so this whole throwing, slapping around refugees, uh, we do the same thing on the border. Everybody's a refugee. No, not everybody's a refugee. These guys are criminals. They crossed our border illegally. <laughs> They're not refugees. They're the opposite of a refugee. But nonetheless, I digress. Back to the story. Washington, D.C., the good old capital of the United States of America, they're going to get zero Afghan nationals to settle in their streets. But instead, let's, uh, let's drop them in Wisconsin. Let's drop them in Georgia. Let's drop them in Texas. Don't put them in Nancy Pelosi's district in California. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't take that. Let's drop them in middle America. I think... I think that we should drop them in blue states. I think we should settle these Afghan uh, nationals in blue states because this debacle in Afghanistan was run by a blue president. It was run by a Democrat president. And so, therefore, states that voted for him should willingly and openly take these Afghan nationals. Absolutely. And here's this whole narrative. There are many Republicans bending over backwards, fawning, trying to trip over themselves to say, we want to welcome Afghan nationals. We want to welcome the special immigrant visas. And maybe that's okay, but maybe it's not. And here's why. Our country is in, in disaster mode. All right? We can't even care for our own citizens. We can't even care for our own military veterans. But instead, we want to open the southern border to hundreds of thousands this year, over 2 million by December, over 2 million illegal criminal aliens. And then we want to fly over thousands of Afghan nationals into the homeland and give them expedited free treatment for everything, free housing, free food, free health care. But we've got vets who served our country for years and years and fought in countless wars. And we've got them waiting in lines at Veterans Affairs for three, four, five hours, days and weeks. And so this whole tripping over ourselves to show we're not bigots, this whole tripping over ourselves to show that we're inclusive, we're for, we're for foreigners just pouring in our country, because that's what the mainstream narrative and the mainstream media wants us to say. This whole tripping over ourselves to show that, that we're loving and we're equal? Let's take care of our own people first. And there is actually a little something in Scripture about that, about taking care of your own household before you start taking care of other people's households. And this, this principle can be applied to our own lives. If we're not taking care properly of our own household, our wife, our children, our grandparents, our, our, our parents, our siblings, if we're not taking care of our own household, how can we go take care of other people's households? And this principle actually can be applied to Washington, D.C. How can we run around the world trying to nation build, trying to build up all these countries that are corrupt and impoverished, and many of them built on false religions, how can we go around trying to build them up when our own house called Washington, D.C. is actually crumbling and overflowing with immoral and non-religious people? Maybe something to think about. 
Maybe we need to focus on getting our own house in order before we go around trying to fix everybody else's problems. Maybe something to think about. Maybe something to think about because I think we'll be a whole lot more effective if we get our own house in order uh, when we go around trying to fix everybody else's home. All right, jumping uh, to a few other topics. Hey, this is a, a good news story because we got somebody with some backbone in Ohio. Uh, this so uh, this mayor out of uh, Hudson, Ohio, his name's Craig Schubert, and uh, he found out that the local school board had approved this uh, book and the parents as well. Uh, the parents and the mayor found out that this book called 642 Things to Write About it was distributed to high school students in Hudson, Ohio, along with an assignment to, this is uh, parental discretion advised on the family radio network here, but nonetheless, uh, for those adults out there who want to keep listening, here is the name of the book, and then here's the topic. 642 things to write about. This book was distributed to high school students in Hudson, Ohio, with an assignment to, quote, Write a sex scene you wouldn't show your mom, end quote. And quote, rewrite the sex scene from above into one that you'd let your mom read, end quote. That was the assignment for these high schoolers in Hudson, Ohio. Well, the mayor found out about it, and he's got some backbones, and he obviously has morals. So let's listen to clip five and what the mayor said to the school board. Members of the board, my name is Craig Schubert. I'm the mayor of this city. It has come to my attention that your educators are distributing essentially what is child pornography in the classroom. I've spoken to a judge this evening. She's already confirmed that. So I'm going to give you a simple choice. You either choose to resign from this Board of Education or you will be charged. Thank you. That's excellent. Hudson Mayor standing up for parents, standing up for innocent teenagers and children in his city. He said, you guys are distributing child pornography, and you can resign or you can be charged. You pick. So good for him. We need more mayors like that. It's good to have parents going to the school board meetings, but let's start having the, let's start having the mayors go too. Let's all go to the school board meeting. Let's get the city council to go with us. And we can team up on the school board and tell them that uh, we're in charge and not the school board. The school board should answer to the parents. So good for the Hudson, Ohio mayor. Absolutely good news. Hey, another good good news story. We're just jumping all over the country today. Uh, down in Texas, you know, we had that uh, uh, this law, the life-saving law, heartbeat law in Texas, upheld or rather um, the, the Supreme Court refused to intervene, which means the Texas law stands, it's valid, it's in place, and it's saving between 100 and 150 babies a day in the state of Texas. Well, the Biden administration, the baby killers, uh, they decided they were going to intervene with the Department of Justice. We talked with our guest Mark Harrington about this yesterday. The Biden DO, DOJ, excuse me, the Biden DOJ said they're going to intervene and they're going to put all their effort to try to block this Texas law. Uh, through through the DOJ instead of through this civil suit that was being pending before uh, the U.S. Supreme Court that's been closed out. Uh, well, the DOJ filed a suit, and the federal judge in Texas has uh, refused to intervene on behalf of the Department of Justice. Here's the news story out of LifeNews.com. A federal judge has blocked Joe Biden's emergency request to stop the Texas abortion ban. 
which has saved anywhere between 1,500 and 2,000 babies from abortion. The Texas heartbeat law went into effect September 1, prohibiting abortions once an un- unborn baby's heartbeat is detectable about six weeks into pregnancy. Moving on here, pro-life leaders in the state estimate that as many 100, as 100 babies are being saved from abortion every day while the law is in effect. U.S. District Judge Robert Pittman, in a one-page decision this afternoon, meaning yesterday, he denied the Biden administration's request to block the law while the lawsuit against it continues. He said in his one-page order, this case presents complex, important questions of law that merit a full opportunity for the parties to present their positions to the court. By the way, this was an Obama appointee. He goes on to close out the letter or the, the, the ruling. Accordingly, it is ordered that the United States opposed motion for expedited briefing schedule is denied. And so uh, the Biden uh, DOJ, their request to block the Texas abortion law is denied pending further litigation. Uh, so that means more babies will be saved. The clock is ticking and every day that this law is on the books means about 100 plus babies will get to see the light of day. They will get to be born and they will get to have an opportunity at life here in America. So good news there. Another story out of uh, out of New York, and this will ju- segue us into this other topic, but a group of healthcare workers in New York sued uh, the state looking for a religious exemption to uh, shot mandates, to COVID shot mandates. And this group of nurses were actually granted a temporary restraining order. They were uh, granted a temporary restraining order, and the um, New York law or order is now paused. So these nurses won their uh, immediate appeal, and so that'll be litigated more. Uh, but that's some good news there. And we have, look, there's law, law um, firms across the country uh, that are fighting for people's religious freedom, fighting for religious exemption as it relates to this jab. And so uh, good for those law firms. They're overwhelmed. They're getting hundreds of thousands of calls, hundreds and then sometimes thousands of calls um, for people who need help. I'm getting emails and Facebook messages from employees that work at Amazon, that work at Walmart, uh, that are getting pressured and pressured and pressured to get this jab. Uh, Some of them are even having to take daily questionnaires, not weekly, not monthly, daily questionnaires before they report to work, uh, answering 10, 15, 20 questions about COVID before they return to work. Absolutely ludicrous. Um, Here's here's an example of, or here's, here's a question we have to ask ourselves. Is this the America we want to live in? Is this the America we want to live in? And more specifically, let's listen to a clip here. This is a family. This is a family uh, trying to go to dinner in New York. This is a family trying to go to dinner in New York with their family. And uh, what you're going to hear is the father or, or the husband on the video with his at least two daughters I saw sitting in front of him, possibly his spouse there as well. And he's getting badgered by the manager about showing his vaccine passport. Let's listen to this clip, clip four. So you're refusing to serve us? 
Are you refusing service? Yeah, you can go back to the So you, so you're going to enforce segregation because we just told you that we're religiously exempt. I never told you any of that. I, I would never tell you that. I would never say that. I would never say that. We don't have to leave. I, if you have to fly, you have the flyer that you're supposed to put into your your window, right? Okay. Go and read it. Go and read it. Go and read it. And, and you tell me we're not leaving. Well, I'm not leaving. You guys can leave. I'm not leaving. We, we just we just marched for this. Every, everybody in here is okay with that? Everybody's in here okay with, with, with setting, up, setting segregation in society? Everybody's okay with that? Oh, we don't have our vaccine cards, so now the kids can't eat. We can't eat. You guys are okay with that? This is the America you want to live in? Yeah. Yes. Is this the America you want to live in? You see, you're not American. That's why you need to get out of here. If you're not American. All right? This is America, and in America, everybody can eat. Mm. Everybody can eat in America. This is not segregation. This is America. You need to wake up. You want to live in this type of country? Wow. Everybody's okay with this? And they didn't ask other people for their vaccine. Good for you, but some people over here were not. No, that's that's not the point. I told you that we're religiously exempt. If you read the poster that you posted from the city, it says you cannot discriminate. Read the poster. It says it on there. There you have it. <clears throat> that is a dad in New York saying that in America, we're supposed to be able to eat. We're supposed to be able to go to a restaurant and have dinner without having to show some kind of passport, some kind of badge in America. But what baffles me is in the background, there are people booing him and telling him, cursing him, and, and shouting expletives at him for he and his family to get out of the restaurant. And they're like 40 feet from everybody else. This is insane, folks. And if those of you riding the fence don't pick a side, then we're all going to be living in this America where we can't go to dinner, we can't go to the grocery store, and we can't talk to our neighbors unless, unless we flash this little sheet of paper saying we got the government jab. Is this the America we want to live in? I'll let you decide. We'll be back in a few minutes. Hurricane Ida is one of the strongest hurricanes to hit Louisiana to date. Thousands are in need of hope and help. So 8 Days of Hope is headed to Louisiana to help them begin rebuilding their lives. If you're local to the area or if you can travel, you're very welcome to join. But if you can't do that, you're still able to help through your prayers and donations. To sign up as a volunteer or to donate, go to 8daysofhope.com. 8daysofhope.com. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope. 
in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Aria is suffering for the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Aria lives in the Middle East in a radical Muslim family. She accepted the invitation of a Christian friend to attend a weekly Bible study and eventually received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. She took her Bible study booklet home, hiding it in her room before her mother found it and gave it to her father. He beat young Aria nearly to death and called the officials to report her as an infidel. They took her to a remote cell where they assaulted her and the Christian friend and eventually let them go. Now, these two women, they didn't grow bitter. They grew bold, and together they've seen hundreds come to Christ in the Middle East where it's nearly impossible to get a Bible. And that's why Bible League is inviting you to send God's Word to Bibleist believers around the globe at only $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20, every gift matched. Call 800 Yes Word. 800 Yes Word, or click sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring. A Moment of Truth with Gary Bryden of the Association of Independent Methodists. On the night of April 15, 1912, the unsinkable ship, the Titanic, sank in the icy cold waters of the North Atlantic. One man offered another man a handful of money in exchange for his seat on a lifeboat. The man took the money and gave up his seat. The man who took the money drowned a rich man. The one who took the seat in the lifeboat lived a broke man for a while, but he lived. One man valued money more than life. The other valued life more than money. One man looked at the present, the other at the future. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where is your treasure? The Association of Independent Methodists, like-minded congregations doing together what can't be done separately. Visit aim2020.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. On the American Family Radio Network, I'm your host, Walker Wildman. Glad to have you with us for this last segment of today's show. You know, talking about is this the America we want to live in? Are we okay with this as the American people? I would just encourage you, if you voted for Joe Biden, if you cast your vote for Joe Biden in the name of bringing unity in the name of bring, bringing dignity to the Oval Office, uh, this, is, this is your time uh, to admit that you were wrong. And this is a good time for you to say, I regret voting for Joe Biden, and I will do everything within my power to ensure someone like him doesn't get in the Oval Office again. That would be a great thing to happen. And I'm not being cynical here. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm being serious. But now is the time where people who are not okay with this stuff, who are not okay with banning families from having dinner because they don't have the jab, the jab that doesn't work, by the way, um, and I can back that up with 150 studies and all kind of uh, uh, data from the CDC where the CDC says our shot doesn't work. When the CDC goes on national television and says their director, the CDC director says on CNN, 
that the shot does not prevent you from getting COVID and it does not in any way prevent you from spreading COVID, then, then it doesn't work. By definition, what they're calling a vaccine doesn't work by their own words and by their own standards. So when I say the jab doesn't work in passing, I'm not saying that willy-nilly just because I'm a political commentator and I think it doesn't work. No, the data shows it doesn't work. And so the jab doesn't work, and that's an important argument here because they are forcing in the name of legal requirements. Everybody in America is being forced and coerced into taking this jab of a substance that doesn't even work. And so it's one thing if the government can make this very compelling scientific argument that if you take this jab, then you're 110% protected from COVID. You will never get COVID ever in your life again, and you will never spread it ever again. Then you have a compelling medical and scientific argument, and then you just have to argue the legal side of can we mandate this? But here we have a jab, a shot that doesn't work. It doesn't perform how we spent billions of dollars designing it to perform. And so I think I would argue, and you're going to see lawyers argue this in the coming weeks, how can America mandate something that doesn't work? The entire basis of the argument of a COVID jab is that it works. But even our own CDC says it just doesn't work. And the own com- our own companies, Pfizer and others, have said they're just not working anymore. So we're going to have to create other jabs. And you're going to have to get a booster every three to six months. And by the way, how do we do that? Do we have some kind of website portal where you go in and register that you got your booster? Because if somebody gets the two jabs and then comes out with their little paper card, well, what if they don't get the boosters? Are you going to fire them because they don't get the booster? Or are you going to have to get a booster every three months? That's an interesting conversation, but you know they're not going to have it (laughs) because that'll be a turnoff. If the companies start saying, yep, every three months, every 12 weeks, go get another booster. Go get another booster without science showing that that's effective or you're going to lose your job. So that's a discussion that they're just not going to have. Hey, uh, speaking of is this the America we want to live in, many people in Australia are asking themselves, is this the Australia we want to live in? And Sky News, man, this news outlet, they have just gotten some backbone and they are fed up with their government in Australia. By no means... Um, is Australia an ultra-conservative uh, country? But people there are just absolutely fed up with the garbage coming out of their uh, their administration in Australia. This is Sky News talking about what happens when you divide people into two classes. Let's listen. I have repeatedly said I have no problem whatsoever with people being vaccinated or not being vaccinated. What is not acceptable for multiple reasons, including constitutional and legal and ethical and moral reasons, is mandatory vaccination. Indeed, the Australian Immunisation Handbook spells it out very clearly that consent to being vaccinated must be given in the absence of undue pressure, coercion, or manipulation, Barilaro, Peritet, Berejiklian, mm-hmm. Hazard, read it. 
Once you start down this path of dividing any society into two distinct classes of people, you have abandoned liberty and democracy and replaced it with tyranny, fear and suspicion. Worse, and this is what really disturbs me, once the authorities have decreed that there are now two classes of Australian, the good and the bad, and that one class is superior to another and gets special privileges, while the other class is shunned, locked out, vilified and loses their employment. You have by definition created an inferior class, for which the Germans once coined a simple word which roughly translates as under or inferior person. Untermensch. If that word brings a chill of horror to your heart, so it should. Wow. Powerful there from Sky News in Australia. Coming from Sky News in Australia. Never would I think we would be in a place in America where we have to play clips from Sky News in Australia to speak the truth into America. But here we are. And I'm glad he's speaking up. I'm glad he's got some backbone. And you know that video is probably going to be taken off YouTube, probably going to be taken off Facebook, probably going to be taken off all of these left-wing, Democrat-run platforms. All these state-run media platforms here in America. That's what they are. When you partner with the Democrats, which is they're in control of Congress, when you partner with the controlling power to censor alternative viewpoints, that is state-run media by definition. Oh, but Walker, these are private-run companies. No, they're not. They're private published companies, but the way they operate is hand-in-hand with the Biden administration. That's the definition of state-run media. And it's the, it's, the, it's the most brilliant way to do it. If you want to have a state-run media, you don't have to go through Congress and go through all the laws and the regulations and this thing called the U.S. Constitution to set up a state-run media. No, you just partner and collude with private-run companies and get your agenda published that way instead of going having to go through all the legal uh, jargon to get it done. Uh, another example of this, is this the America we want to live in? This is a story out of Illinois. According to Fox 32 in Cook County, Illinois, a judge there, James Shapiro, removed Rebecca Furlitz, she's a mother, removed this mother's visitation rights with her 11-year-old son after learning that she had not yet received the vaccine a.k.a. the shot. The mother went on to say to Fox 32 that out of the blue, Cook County Judge James Shapiro asked her whether she had been vaccinated. The mother told Shapiro she had not because she had had bad reactions to vaccines in the past. Sounds like a medical reason there. But we can't discuss that. Everybody's got to get the jab no matter what. Shapiro then ordered Furlit, the mother, to be stripped of all parenting time with her son until she gets the jab. Over the past two weeks, the mother has been able to talk to her son on the phone and through video calls, but has not been able to see him in person. So I'll ask all my listeners out there and the, the, the four Biden voters that are probably listening to me, <laughs> is this the America we want to live in? Is this the America we want to live in? Are you, are you okay with this? That's what I would ask. Are you okay with this? And anyone who says, no, I'm not okay with this, I would say, great, let's speak out against it. Let's all speak out against it.
another question we should be asking is we've got uh, just last month we had 200,000 illegal criminal aliens pour into our country. We've got 10,000 of them under the Del Rio Bridge at the border today as we speak waiting to be processed. Are they being forced to get the jab? Are all illegal immigrants that are apprehended and processed at our southern border, are they being coerced and forced to get the COVID jab before they can be released from Customs and Border Patrol? That's the question I'm asking, and I don't know the answer to it. And I would actually tend to doubt that they are being forced or coerced to get the jab. Same thing with the thousands of Afghan nationals that were flying into our homeland here. Are they being coerced and forced to get the COVID jab before they can land or be released on American soil? And if the answer to that is no to either of those groups, then why not? Because the Biden administration is making everybody else get it, making everybody else get the COVID jab. All military members got to get it. All companies with... uh, More than 100 employees got to force it. So are the illegal immigrants and are the Afghan nationals flying into America, are they being forced to get it? That's a question I would have, and maybe we'll have an answer to that uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, Another story I want to mention, this is out of the Atlantic. No, I'm going to pass that. That's going to take too long. Uh, We're going to go back to General Mark Milley that we talked about a little bit yesterday. And here is a clip. By the way, General Mark Milley came out yesterday uh, actually not denying the fact that the call with China took place, nor did he dispute any facts surrounding the call. So basically, he admitted that, yes, I called the Chinese Communist Party's military leader, and yes, we discussed all the things that you guys have reported on. But then he goes on to claim yesterday that he went through the proper channels and that people at the Pentagon knew the call was taking place. Here is Cash Patel. He's the former chief of staff at the Department of Defense or the Pentagon under President Trump. He was there when this happened. Uh, Let's listen to Cash Patel's explanation of General Milley's explanation, clip six. Now, there was some reporting, Cash, today that I guess Miller should have been aware of this call because his deputy knew and then other reports that china initiated the call what again what's the truth there yeah let me just put this into perspective what they're trying to say is chairman milley passed a piece of paper to one of the deputies at the pentagon and mind you there's forty thousand people there on any given day and that was coordination sufficient that's like me saying to the secretary of defense hey call a junior staffer at the white house then come back and say you coordinated with the president Chairman Milley knows better. Now they're peddling more false facts to justify their actions of insubordination and violation of the chain of command. It's outrageous that the most apolitical officer in the country is the most political officer and is turning to the mainstream media to continue to carry his false narrative like he did around January 6th, like they're doing around Afghanistan. All right. Well, uh, Cash Patel there, who you were listening to on Laura Ingram's show, he was the uh, chief of staff to Acting Secretary of Defense Christopher Miller in November of 2020. In November of 2020. And so Cash Patel was there when this happened, not necessarily in the room. He was at the Pentagon when this took place. And what he's saying there is that no one in the White House 
Specifically, the president himself did not authorize General Milley to conduct these calls with China. And under no circumstances would the president of the United States, the commander-in-chief, allow a Pentagon general to tell our foreign adversary that if we go to war with you, we will let you know beforehand. Under no circumstances is that acceptable. And so all of this splitting hairs and saying, well, he told his junior staffers, he told his fellow staffers at the Pentagon that this call was going to take place, yada, yada, yada. Under no circumstances is it okay to tell China or any other country in the world for that matter that if we decide to go to war with you guys, I'll make sure to give you a call and tip you off before we do. You can't take that scenario, take that phone call, and place it in a context that makes it right. There is no circumstances in which that phone call is right. Do these generals and these leaders have calls with their adversaries? Absolutely, all the time. But under no circumstance and on no phone call should said leader say that if we go to war, which is the most hostile act you can do, If we go to war with you, I'll be sure to give you a call and let you know beforehand. So no matter what Millie does, no matter what Biden does to try to defend him, under no circumstances can you wiggle your way around to make that phone call with China make sense and be justified and be right according to U.S. law. You just can't do it. We don't tip off our adversaries when we decide to go to war with them. That is a matter of of fact. AFA at the core. Hey, good to be with you today on the show. Don't forget to check out our website, AFR.net. Right there on the homepage, you can check out our podcast, AFA at the core. We'll see you next time with more AFA at the core. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.